You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Cardinals for Tuesday, November the 9th of 2021. My name is Lucas Smith, St. Louis Cardinals uh, host of the Locked On Cardinals podcast. Thanks for tuning in today and every day that you tune in. Always much appreciated. Apologies for lack of shows over the last uh, handful of days, uh, particularly not having one out on Monday, but we are back and rolling, ready to go. We're going to have some extra episodes out throughout the week this week as well, so apologies, but uh, thanks for, for bearing with me. We're going to get things rocking and rolling on today's episode. Uh, if you're listening on your podcasting platform, uh, thank you for watching on YouTube. Thank you as well. We're going to talk about the Cardinals and their gold gloves as the Cardinals become the first team in Major League Baseball history to win five gold gloves in the same season. Gold all around the infield for the St. Louis Cardinals. Paul Goldschmidt, Tommy Edmond, Nolan Arenado winning it, as well as two outfielders, Harrison Bader and Tyler O'Neill. The only Cardinal who was nominated that did not win, Yadier Molina. We're also going to be doing a quick breakdown of the other awards, doing a prediction show a little bit later on this week, uh, talking about Matt Carpenter and Carlos Martinez to finish up the show. Uh, and Throughout this week, we'll also be talking about other free agents I think that the Cardinals could go after, that they, they, they could spend some money on, and how they can improve their team. So we're going to have some fun this week on Locked on Cardinals. Let's just go ahead and roll and get right into the action and talk about the Cardinals Gold Glove Award winners. That's right. They have five Gold Glove Award winners, first team in Major League Baseball history to have five from a single club. Again, if you missed it, it is Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, O'Neill, Harrison Bader, and Tommy Edmond. Bader and Edmond, this is the first time in their careers they're winning it. Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, and... Uh, Tyler O'Neill have all won it before. Uh, th- th- this defense was the best in the major leagues. And this gold, these golden gloves, I guess I should say, prove that point. It proves that these that this defense was the best. I think that even Sosa uh, at shortstop, who had his shortcomings, was very solid at times and could make the, these spectacular plays. Uh, he started that bizarre double play um there started a couple of double plays in an extra inning game and that i uh, felt to remember at this time uh, against the chicago cubs he, he he had the ability to make the smart play and we all know dylan carlson is a fine defender out there in right field and we also know that yadier molina is yadier molina he threw out a lot of base runners this season as well as his arm continues to be an absolute rocket and a cannon back there, whatever you want to call it, rocket, cannon, missile, hose, however you want to talk about it. Uh, Mr. Um, Mr. Molina has it behind the, behind that dish, even if he has getting a, a little short. Um, but Yadier Molina, like I said, was a finalist, but he was just short as Jacob Stallings was that winner. Uh, but let, 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 let's just acknowledge the fact that this defense – like I mentioned, was was the best in baseball. As a pitcher, that that, that provides you so much confidence because you don't have to go for a strikeout. You don't have to worry, ooh, if it's a ground ball, you know, is it going to be base hit? You feel very confident that most ground balls are going to be outs and most fly balls are going to be outs as well. And you feel confident late in the game if you've got a tag-up situation, runners moving. You feel confident that your outfit is going to be able to get that job done because of the type of defense you have behind you. Wade the Blanc talked about it when he first came here, that, hey, I'm going to be my best when 
I throw my pitches, and the defense behind me works. When the catcher behind that plate works. And it it, it instantly improves a team when your defense is good. It instantly improves a pitcher when your defense is good. When you have an average defense, your, your pitcher becomes that much better, and especially when you have an above-average defense like this Cardinal team had. There, there were questions going into this season, I think, especially at second base, as to what this defense was going to be. Because Tommy Eben was not a bad defender in his career, but was he going to be what Colton Wong was? Colton Wong, back-to-back gold glove winner, just t- t- tremendous. I think he should have been a three-time winner. Uh, and Colton Wong went over to, to the Milwaukee Brewers. Um I think I misspoke. I think Colton Wong was just a one-time winner. I'll have to double-check that as we go throughout this. Uh, but nevertheless, Colton Wong was beat out by Tommy Edmond for the uh, gold glove first time for, for Edmond and Harrison Bader. Um, but, but nevertheless, I think that Tommy Edmond was able to answer the bell defensively, obviously. Uh, the, the, the gold glove speaks for itself. When, when, when a team is strong up the middle as the Cardinals are, that is huge. Obviously, every defensive position matters, but what, what, what this shows me in the fact that we had, the Cardinals had all these nominations is that this team really came and gelled together because you you had the 2020 where the team came up just a little bit short. You didn't have any Eagle Glove winners outside of Tyler O'Neill, uh, Colton Wong, um, but, but this was a much more complete defensive team and we, 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 we've seen in the World Series that the defense matters, you know. Um, Eddie Rosario throwing out a runner from left field would, would, was huge as well. Freddie Freeman can pick at the first base. He was a gold glove finalist. Defense matters. Defense does win championships. I know the Cardinals obviously did not get the job done in 2021, but the, these five gold gloves is worth, these five gold gloves are worth, I'm not sure which one's grammatically correct, is or are worth recognition and worth a lot of praise because this team... I think a little bit, you know, from 16, 17, 18, was really taking a hit defensively. You know, that they had kind of lost the Cardinal way or lost their way in general defensively. And now we're starting to see the results of the Cardinal way come back a little bit with the extremely talented defense. As I mentioned, for, as a pitcher, from a pitcher's standpoint, this is incredible. You have to love this as a pitcher no matter what type of game you like, even if you are offense, 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 you have to recognize that defense is important and defense is proving to be extremely important for the St. Louis Cardinals. And, and as I mentioned, it, it, it's just one of those things that makes a team that much better. And I, I think I saw that on Twitter somewhere, and I agreed with that. I forget who, who actually tweeted it, so I apologize if it was you. But they said that if I'm a free agent pitcher, I'm looking at the team that has five gold glove winners. That, that's pretty appealing to me. Uh, so I think that that was pretty important. That's a, a spot-on point. Again, I forget who said that, but I, I agree with that point as well. Um, but just, just to go kind of down the list, you've got, as I mentioned, Tom Yemen and Harrison Bader, first-time winners. Nolan Arenado, his ninth gold glove. And we, we've talked about this on the show multiple times. He was disappointed in his offense. He had 30 home runs, drove in, 30-plus home runs, drove in 100-plus RBI. He was disappointed in his offense. Understand where he's coming from. One thing he cannot be or should not be disappointed in, and one thing that the Cardinals can be extremely happy with, was his defense. His defense was remarkable, making plays as he did in Colorado that nobody else makes. Just it, it was as simple as that. He makes plays that nobody else makes. 
period. And that's why he is now a nine-time, that's right, a nine-time gold glove, not finalist, but winner. And at first, baseball, Goldschmidt won his fourth um, gold glove. This was talked about pretty much the same way as Nolan Arenado was when he first came over, that yes, he was going to improve the team offensively, but defensively improve them as much, if not more, than he did from the offensive standpoint. Especially, you know, all due respect, as I'll talk about him a little bit later, all due respect to Matt Carpenter, Matt Carpenter was not a very good defensive first baseman. Anything you throw over to Paul Goldschmidt, standing at first base, you feel confident in him catching, (laughs) him making a play, at least being able to save the ball. And he's also very smart when he gets the ball on the ground. Matt Carpenter... In his, be- in, in his prime, could, could carry a team offensively. And so can Paul Goldschmidt. But Paul Goldschmidt brings that offensive side to things that you just don't don't always see. Period. Because Paul Goldschmidt, as I mentioned, fourth time winning the gold glove. One of five Cardinals to win it in 2021. And it's remarkable. And I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about the gold glove because it is important. It is extremely important because you need defense to win games, and I think we're, we're starting to see the groundwork laid for a championship here in the near future. You know, Ali Marmol said that championship in 2022 is the goal. Anything less than that is a, is a disappointment. It starts from the defensive end, so it's going to start with the gold gloves. It's award season in the MLB offseason right now as we're going to have the BBW AA awards announced here in the next week or so. Um, next next week, Monday through Thursday, we've got finalists that have been announced already. So we're going to go through that and break it down. Not predicting the finals, uh, the winners just yet. I will do that a little bit later on uh, th- this week, but we will uh, get to the um, the finalists here in just a little bit. Uh, but first, I want to take a break and tell you guys about Bet Online because you will be sure to win some money on these uh, futures, betting on these future awards. They have a new uh, website interface because of the start of basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for everything basketball and football this season. Head over to that new and updated desktop or mobile website and sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus when you use our promo code LOCKED ON, L C K E D O N, LOCKED ON, gets you a 50% welcome bonus. Whether you want to bet on basketball, football, baseball awards, NHL, boxing, or UFC, or your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way. It's so easy and it's so fast to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online is where the game starts. The Cardinals technically have two um, team members up for the BBWAA awards. One current and one former that played for the. Uh, you know, they have two people that that played or coached for them in 2021. Dylan Carlson is a rookie of the year finalist, and Mike Schilt is a manager of the year finalist. We'll get to that in just a moment. Let's start with the MVP finalists in both leagues: Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Shohei Otani, and Marcus Simeon. Uh, are the AL finalists and over in the National League, Bryce Harper, Juan Soto, and Fernando Tatis. One thing I found interesting, and I tweeted this out at LJ Fastball on Twitter, you have six finalists. Six. Fernando Tatis, Padres, did not make the playoffs. Juan Soto's, Nationals, did not make the playoffs. Bryce Harper, Phillies, did not make the playoffs. 
Marcus Simeon, Blue Jays, did not make the playoffs. Shohei Otani, Angels, did not make the playoffs. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Blue Jays, did not make the playoffs. I find that fascinating. And not, not to say that, that it's wrong or that these players are undeserving. I do think Shohei Otani is a, you know, is a front runner for the most valuable player, no matter what one. So I, all three of the National League as well, all six of them across both leagues are worthy finalists for this award. I just find it fascinating because usually voters tend to taste a lot or tend to tend to put a lot more stock in the playoff appearances. Because if you're going to be the most valuable player to a team, that means they're going to be really bad without you. And some of these teams are really bad with them. The Nationals weren't weren't too exciting. Angels weren't too exciting outside of Shohei. Otani's Phillies made a little bit of a run, but were unable to catch their Braves. Uh, the, the Blue Jays were closest to the playoffs. Uh, but but still, the point stands is that I, I just found it interesting. And not to say that, again, that this is wrong or these finalists are wrong, but I did... I think that's an interesting point that I don't think playoffs are considered as, as, in, a, as in as much a high regard to the voters in baseball versus other sports when you look at the most valuable player. Let's look at the Cy Young, the top three Cy Young award um, in each league. Garrett Cole for the White Sox. Lance Lynn, former Cardinal. Um, or Garrett Cole with the Yankees, I'm sorry. Lance Lynn, former Cardinal with now the White Sox. And Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray was one that, again, deserving but not necessarily a name that you look at. They go, oh yeah, Robbie Ray is is a pretty frequent <laughs> Cy Young uh, voter. Here, here's what um, Robbie Le- Robbie Ray uh, led led the major leagues in, uh, according to the article on MLB.com. He led the major leagues um, or had the he AL ERA title with a 2.84. He led the majors with 248 strikeouts. He also led the AL with 193 and one-third of an innings pitched, a 1.045 whip, and making a league-high 32 starts. He had 10 double-digit strikeout games, which were the most of any pitcher. That is a wildly impressive season, and it's going to be an interesting uh, race to see who gets the Cy Young and the AL, because Garrett Cole and Lance Lynn obviously had incredible seasons as well. Um, Lance Lynn... um, was was pretty um, remarkable as well, having 176 strikeouts, uh, 11 and 6, 269 ERA, um, had the best ERA among AL pitchers who threw at least 150 um, innings uh, when he was with the Rangers a while ago. So Lance Lynn having a strong 2021 season. Over the National League, you got an NL Central uh, for, or NL Central arm in Corbin Burns with the Brewers. He won the MLB ERA crown with 2.43. Robbie Ray won it in the American League. Uh, Max Scherzer of the Nationals and Dodgers and Zach Wheeler um, of the Philadelphia Phillies. Well, Wheeler had that incredible performance early this season against the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, so the Cardinals may, might have helped him in his Cy Young quest. Uh, 14 and 10 for Wheeler, 278 ERA, 32 starts. He did league lead baseball with innings pitched with 213 and one-third innings, led him in complete games with three, and led him in shutouts with two, and in batters faced with 849. He led the NL in strikeouts with 247. I think that all three of these guys, I think that the Cy Young in the National League is an absolute toss-up. I think that they are very impressive um, pitching seasons all around. Now we get to the Rookie of the Year. Randy Arozarena, which is an interesting rookie of the year candidate um, because of his postseason heroics. Last, so he, he's going to have a postseason performance of all time 
before he possibly wins Rookie of the Year because of how they track rookies, which I think is another interesting wrinkle in all of this. Um, but he kept his rookie eligibility going into this season. Um, he had a 2020 campaign, 20 home runs, 20 steals, um, looking to be the first Rays or the, the fourth Ray ever to win Rookie of the Year. Longoria, Hellickson, and Will Myers. Wander Franco, top prospect. Um, he was the number one overall prospect coming into the season for the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. So the Rays have two nominees. So they have a very good shot at winning the Rookie of the Year. Uh, he's a switch hitter looking to just become the eighth to win a Rookie of the Year season following a season that ended prior to his 21st birthday. Ronald Acuna Jr. was the most recent to do that. And the other finalist is Luis Garcia, right-handed pitcher. We saw him in the World Series have a dominant outing. Um... 155 and a third innings this season, 30 games, 28 of them being starts, 11 and 8, 3, 4, 8 year. He struck out 176. That, again, is a very big toss up, uh, but it, the Rays, again, look to be. Um, Looks pretty good into winning that. Well, now over to the National League. I think the National League, Jonathan India is the favorite. 269, 376, 459 slash, uh, 113 OPS. Plus, he had 34 doubles, 21 home runs, 12 steals, 150 games. He was fifth in NL qualifiers and on base percentage, just ahead of Joey Votto. Um, looking to become the first Reds rookie pitcher since Scott Williamson in 1999. Um, Jonathan India was a menace uh, for the Cincinnati Reds this season, and I love his style of play. Very similar, I think, to Tommy Edmond. Goes out, plays the game well. Uh, a little bit of a more on-base machine than Jonathan India is more than Tommy Edmond, uh, but just a supreme doubles guy. Plays the game the right way. Trevor Rogers, uh, left-hander for the Marlins, uh, was the other finalist in the National League. 264 ERA was Rogers' uh, rookie mark. Um, he was the third lowest by a rookie with at least 130 innings pitched since 2000, trailing only Jose Fernandez and Walker Bueller. No more than two earned runs in 22 of his 25 starts. That's impressive. Dylan Carlson, 145 games for the Cardinals. Um, this is an interesting stat as well. He joined Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Juan Soto, and Fernando Tatis Jr. as the only players, 22 or younger, to qualify for the batting title. Dylan Carlson obviously did not win it, but he qualified. Posted a 117 OPS plus, 31 doubles, four triples, 18 home runs. Um, Cardinals only have one other Rookie of the Year award winner, and it was Albert Pujols, the machine, back in 2001. I think it's going to be a tough, tough climb for Carlson to beat either one of these two other nominees, but still uh, impressive that he was nominated none the least. Manager of the year, Dusty Baker, Kevin Cash, and Scott Service. Um, I think it's it's important to note that th- this was counted before the season had e- ended, before the postseason has ended, I should say. So the, the run to the World Series does not help or hurt. I don't know how it would hurt, but just does not help Dusty Baker in that vote-getting process. Uh, but I, I like all three of those. Kevin Cash looking for his second. And another man looking for his second? Mike Schilt. The man who was fired for having philosophical differences with the front office is a manager of the year finalist, along with Gabe Kapler and Craig Council. Gabe Kapler, I think, is a runaway favorite for this um, for this award. All due respect to both Craig Council and Mike Schilt. Um, Mike Schilt, the 2019 manager of the year, he received votes for the manager of the year in each of the last th- four seasons, 18, 19, 20, and 21. That's right, even when he was... Manager for half a season, he received manager of the year votes. That's going to be a little awkward if Schilt does find a way to somehow get a win. <laughs> um, 
and he he was fired. Not not the first time this has happened, uh, but ironic to say the least. Um, nonetheless, Dylan Carlson, rookie of the other. The Cardinals could have, quote-unquote, two winners of the BBW WA, uh finalists and rookie of the year and manager of the year. Um, but I think that one thing that makes it just so interesting is obviously one of them is no longer wearing a Cardinal uniform. We'll have more thoughts on the uh, award finalists and hopeful winners in coming episodes, so stay tuned for that. Uh, before we take our, our last break, we're going to get in just a couple of Cardinals news and notes. TJ McFarland, one-year deal, um, $2.5 million, according to John Heyman, $500,000 in, in, in incentives. Uh, club did not confirm the... Um, the value of the deal as of yesterday, um, according to an article from Zachary Silver on MLB.com, Cardinals.com, excuse me. Um, but I think that this is a great move. I talked about this last week that I think that of the free agents that the Cardinals had leaving, they needed to re-sign Luis Garcia or TJ, or, and TJ McFarland, and they've got one done. They, I think that they both were key members in the bullpen to close out the season, and I think it's a good move to get uh, TJ McFarland on the... Uh, roster for 2022, so that's another spot in the bullpen that will be occupied for the Cardinals. Other Cardinal news, Skip Schumacher, according to a report late last week by Derek Gould, um, is going to be the St. Louis Cardinals bench coach. He returns to the organization uh, that he played so many years for, won a World Series championship with in 2011 uh, after being a, a bench coach, that same role over in San Diego. Uh, the Cardinals get Skip Schumacher. I think it's going to be a great move if it's confirmed. Schumacher was a managerial candidate in my mind, so I'm a big, big positive um, of Mr. Um, excuse me, of Mr. Schumacher coming in to, to coach for the Cardinals. So those are the couple news and notes I have. Uh, last segment, I want to give a little bit more of a, of a statistical goodbye, if you will, to Carlos Martinez and Matt Carpenter. Um, Martinez likely to get a little bit more of a of a lucrative deal than um, in the offseason than than Matt Carpenter, but nevertheless both had very very fine Cardinal careers. Um, and before I go, I do just want to give credit to the article that I was getting all those stats from going on down the awards. It was the finalist article by David Adler of MLB.com, so that's where I got all those stats from. So I don't want to. Uh, make you guys think that those, that was all my research. It was uh, Adler's research. Um, but nevertheless, we'll take a quick break. If you're on your podcasting platform, uh, if you're on YouTube, we're going to just take a couple seconds to pause. Uh, but either way, final segment to wrap it up, saying a statistical and more um, t- kind of backing it up a little bit and saying why Carlos Martinez and Matt Carpenter were so great. Uh, so saying goodbye to them coming up here in just a moment. All right, welcome back. If you're on the podcasting platform, still hello. If you're listening on the or watching on YouTube, uh, let's go ahead and get into Carlos Martinez and Matt Carpenter. Carlos Martinez was somebody that I think that, that never really lived up to the expectations that the Cardinals had for him or that, that, that we had for him as Cardinal followers, but still somebody that put together a very fine Cardinal career. Uh, to, to date, for Carlos Martinez, um, 62 and 52, 139 um, Starts 274 games overall. He's got an ERA at 3.66. That's respectable, and a WHIP of 1.2. I think in his Cardinal peak, 
um, as a starter and one year as a bullpen looking from 2015 to 2019 are these stats. He's a two-time All-Star in this span, once in 2015, once in 2017, um, and he was a closer in 2019. So from 2015 to 2019, 54 wins for Carlos Martinez, 175 games, 110 starts, 747 innings, 126 was the ERA plus. Baseline or the average for that, again, is 100. You want to be higher factors and park adjustments. That's extremely impressive. 3.22 3.22 ERA, 60, uh, 607 winning percentage. Um, the average season there was 11 and 7 with an ERA, uh, or 11 and 7 with a 3.22 ERA. So a very impressive stretch for Carlos Martinez. I wish him all the well. I really thought that he was going to turn it around in 2021. I thought that he he impressed in winter ball. Uh, and he, he was looking good in the spring training a little bit. Showed some signs of improvement, but overall just never was able to, to bring it together. And Matt Carpenter, who released a video through the Players' Tribune on Twitter yesterday, which was a touching video, just for the record. If you haven't watched it on Twitter yet, he posted it. Uh, go, go find it. It was a very good video. Matt Carpenter is somebody that I think is forgotten about a lot, and it's hard to believe that he is. Because if you look at his numbers from 2013 to 2018, it's a six-year stretch. Um age 27 to age 32 seasons for the St. Louis Cardinals. He had a 131 OPS plus, 273 batting average, 378 on-base percentage, and a 472 slugging, and 851 OPS, 127 home runs, 241 doubles. That includes uh, the year in which he led the league in doubles, not once but twice, in 2013 and 2015. From 2013 to 2018, the, the stretch that I'm talking about, he never had less than 31 doubles. 55, 33, 44, 36, 31, 42. It's an incredibly impressive stretch. We all remember that the salsa in two, the late 2018 when he just went on the unbelievable, I, I want to say it was August that, that he had, but close to... 900 games from 13 to 18, but overall as a Cardinal, 1,329 games, 262 average, 368 on base, 449 slugging, an OPS plus of 122, which is still well above average, career 301 doubles as a St. Louis Cardinal. The only time when which he played in a full season and did not have 20 doubles was this most recent one. He played in seven games in 2011, and he played in... 50, the 50 shortened game season in 2020. But in 2012, he played 114 games, had 22 doubles. And in 2019, which was a horrendous year for him, he still managed to hit 20 doubles. So Matt Carpenter, in my opinion, is a Cardinal Hall of Famer. Nowhere close to Cooperstown. Don't, don't get it misconstrued. But he is indeed a Cardinal Hall of Famer. He, was, he represented the Cardinals well on and off the field. He was somebody that you could rely on for that stretch to be productive, to give you a good at-bat. My favorite Cardinal memory of Matt Carpenter is the double um, in Game 1 of the 2014 NLDS. 
um, against the Los Angeles Dodgers against Clayton Kershaw. Forever one of my favorite Cardinal memories. I get it. I get those Dodger moments confused with Matt Carpenter because there were so many in 2013 and 2014, uh, putting together just long, grueling at bats against Kershaw and coming out on top. So I wish nothing but the best for Matt Carpenter and Carlos Martinez as they look to, to find more uh, another baseball home. So. Uh, good luck to them moving forward. Uh, but on the next episode of Locked on Cardinals, we're going to go back. Uh, we're going to talk about the outfield, as I mentioned uh, on, on Friday's show. We're going to start catching up on some content, have some extra episodes released this week. So we'll be talking Cardinal baseball about the, the outfield. We're going to talk about the bullpen. i recap that. We're going to talk about free agency. We're going to talk about predicting the awards for next week. We're going to talk about it all. Send in some your, your requests. We've already got some and some content planned out. We're going to get back on track here and have a good week on Locked on Cardinals. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at LJ Fastball. Follow the show on Twitter on Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. And be sure to email the show anytime with any questions at LockedOnCards at gmail.com. And until I talk to you guys tomorrow, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.